Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo! Welcome to the show. I am Chris Graham, Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Jerry and I have lots to talk about with football and basketball. Jerry, hope things are going well for you. Yeah, everything's fine, Chris. Uh, headed toward the holiday season, I guess, and uh, everything's hunky-dory. I hope they are for you. Hey, yeah, well, let's start talking, you know, before we get into the meat of the stuff with uh, the transfer portal, guys uh, that are on the recruiting trail, um, one guy going to the NFL, at least applying for the NFL draft, a couple guys, I think, actually doing that, um, and then basketball. You got to, you were able to to mingle with some folks uh, sort of in a, in a, in a fun way, a, a job fair you attended, and you ran into some, some names people might be familiar with from, from years past. Yeah, yesterday, uh, I'll, I'll have the story up tonight on the site. Um, yesterday, uh, Cavalier Futures with Low Davis. Uh, Low couldn't attend. He was under the weather, but uh, Doug Dunkel uh, from the Football Alumni Club and uh, Jerry Capone uh, helped, I guess, Low set, set up this uh, first annual uh, career job fair thing for the UVA football team. And uh, I think there were over 40 companies from all over the country there. Uh, and the purpose was to, uh, I missed the early part of it, but I think uh, Tony Elliott had uh, told the players, from what I understand, that uh, he's thinking about these guys when they're 30 years old and, and you know, what are, what are they going to do? And uh, that was one of the main points of the of the whole thing. Uh, also, to just they had mock uh, interviews with uh, a lot of the companies, uh, the players did, um, and uh, there was a lot of mentorship going on, a lot of networking going on. Um, a lot of these guys just uh, learning how to conduct themselves in in an official business interview, and and you know, just exploring what kind of options there might be out there, um, internships, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, <clears throat> Carla Williams was there as well. Uh, but um, two of the people Virginia fans will be uh, interested in, Matt Schaub, who's <clears throat> retired now from the NFL, uh, flew up from Atlanta, uh, former NFL quarterback and former UVA All-ACC uh, player of the year from the Wahoos uh, was there along with Barry Word, who was all uh, also ACC player of the year when he was here under George Welsh. Um, you know, serving as mentors and, uh, and, and that sort of thing and giving advice. And um, one of our sponsors was there, uh, Jonathan Cotton from the good feet store. Uh, they've got stores, uh, 18 stores all over the, mid-Atlantic and branched out into Cleveland <clears throat> where I, I see uh, Mama D. Diacate was one of his customers <laughs> this past week up there in Cleveland. Um, and, and, you know, just a myriad of uh, former uh, influential UVA uh, alums there who um, have gone on to become very successful in, in various businesses uh, and they wanted to uh help these kids out so it was it was a great day it was well received uh, they had a great turnout uh tons of football players were there um i saw brennan armstrong there i saw um 
Nick Jackson, uh, saw Billy Kemp there, uh, just tons of the players. And uh, I, I think uh, it was so successful that next year they're going to try to expand it, uh, I think, and, and have a dinner the night before and uh, do all kinds of cool things. So uh, I don't know how many schools in the country are doing this, but I, I salute Virginia for doing it. I think that's uh, something that's going to help a lot of their players. That's a neat thing, yeah. I mean, we talk about the the student athletes as players all the time here on the show, um, but yeah, they're they're students as well as athletes, and it's neat to hear that uh, you know Tony Elliott is is thinking about you know at, at some point they're going to be thirty years old, they're going to be 35, 40 years old, um, and and uh, whenever a career might end after this, from a sports perspective, they have to have other things to do too, and a lot, you know a lot of the guys, as we know from the that famous NCAA TV commercial, will not play professional sports, so they have other things they need to getting in line and it reminds me the other night at the at, you know media row at the basketball game um uh because seat next to me was a cavalier daily writer and he and i had a couple little conversations about what he's planning to do and it's yeah, really neat, nice you know, kid. yeah yeah nice kid able to chance you know chance to you know he's, he's he's majoring in economics we were chatting about you know what he does after college and you know the, the formal way of doing that that um the cavalier futures event um that that i like hearing about that so that that's cool um, so let's talk some football news first. We have basketball, of course. Basketball is an exam break. So um, as, as the university is in study days now, getting ready for, for finals. I think the first bit of news we should talk about, Jerry, is, um, you know, I know we have transfer portal news, but a couple of guys have thrown their names in the NFL draft. A couple of wide receivers, uh, Dontavian Wicks, Billy Kemp, the fourth. I'm not surprised Billy Kemp, uh, Dontavian Wicks, maybe surprising me a little bit to hear his name out there. Yeah. Certainly, he could have come back uh, next year, and I, I think Billy could have uh, with the COVID uh, exemption. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I was a little surprised, uh, and and you know maybe not so much because again, we've talked about it ad nauseum about how the uh, passing game just never clicked this year, and uh, we always sense the frustration in Brennan Armstrong. Uh, that it didn't work, but I'm sure it was the same thing for the receivers too, because they, as a group, they were expected to be one of the elite elite receiving cores in the country. Uh, I think we talked about it on here in the preseason that Lindy's magazine had Virginia's receivers ranked the number four receiving group in the country going into the season behind uh, Southern Cal and, um, I can't remember the other schools. I think maybe Oregon, but um, it never it never lived up to the uh, hype, and uh, for whatever reason, and so I, you know, I, I assume this is uh, just another level of his frustration with the whole thing, and decided to seek another avenue, another path. What surprises me is not that he wouldn't come back because of the way the offense went, but he he his drop off in production was was notable. So was everybody's in the offense, but the drops issues. He had nine drops uh, this season, and um, uh, Brendan Armstrong targeted him an awful lot. He he uh, wasn't it wasn't the same as last year. Again, it could have been more of the offense, but you know I, I thought maybe we'd see him transfer and try to go somewhere, kind of like Brendan Armstrong has announced he's going to transfer. Um, and try to repair his uh, his reputation a bit there. But, hey, good for him. You know, we haven't heard about Keaton Thompson. Keaton, we, we had news yesterday that the NCAA is allowing 
uh, players whose eligibility was set to expire uh, this year, another year of eligibility because of the way the season ended, obviously the mass shooting and, and, and the final two games being canceled, all the trauma associated with that that's ongoing. Um, now, Keaton is a sixth-year guy. I cannot imagine him coming back for a seventh year for, for any reason, but um, that would be open to him. So I, I, I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything about Keaton? I have not, and uh, I thought maybe I, I might pick up some news on him yesterday while I was over there, even though we weren't allowed to talk to the players, but I uh, thought maybe there might be something drifting around out, out there, but I haven't heard anything either. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I guess, you know, some uh, Kemp and Armstrong, I mean, excuse me, Kemp and uh, Wicks, I guess – I don't know when the official day is you have to enter the draft just because you intend to doesn't mean that you will. I guess they could change their mind and either come back or transfer somewhere else. So uh, I, I don't know. I will just have to wait and see where they, where they go. But uh, yeah, I don't see Keaton wanting to play another year of college football. Uh, although who knows <laughs> some guys love, Playing college football, it's it's a cool thing to do. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I, you know, if I were an NFL team, I'd be all over him because I, I thought uh, year before I thought he might have been the MVP of the team, and um, I just I don't think he got enough touches this year to do what he did the year before. I I, I thought he deserved more, a lot more touches. I thought. Virginia didn't use him properly and could have helped their offense a lot more than had he gotten found had they found more ways to give him the football like Broncos offense did the year before but um I I, I think this guy could be a heck of an NFL player I do too I think he's a he, he's got a big body he can move he's athletic as heck um I think it worked out for him that he got you know, moved to wide receiver when he first got here. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be waiting for that news too. Um, transfer portal. We talked about Brennan Armstrong. Uh, he's, he's headed to the portal. Um, also Fentrell Cypress. There's some other names as well. Um, but Fentrell Cypress is, Cypress is probably the other big name cornerback. Um, a fourth year student would have two years of eligibility remaining. He played in only nine games his first three years at EVA. Um, he registered the first year in 2019. Um, but this year, man, he was something. Um, when you look at pro football focus, he was the uh, eighth-rated cornerback in all of college football uh, who had 300 or more pass uh, coverage snaps, um, elite-level guy. He was only second-team All-ACC by the media and coaches voting, but he was first-team All-ACC by pro football focus. He's a guy that could probably throw his name in the NFL draft, but he's decided to uh, go on the transfer portal. Um, I think the loss of Cyprus is as big as the on defense is as big as the loss of Brennan Armstrong on offense. Yeah, because the, you know that secondary is going to be depleted now with uh, uh, Johnson uh, deciding he's going to try to test the NFL waters, uh, and uh, Chalmers, uh, who I think they were depending on becoming the strong safety starter next year, and Cyprus that's that's wiping out. Uh, most of your future secondary, really. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he he came on like gangbusters this year and out of nowhere, really, um, and had a fantastic season. Maybe he just wants to explore that on a, uh, on a higher level and see if he can uh, 
latch on with a playoff contender. Um, I'm sure <laughs> there's a big market for a uh, a guy of, of his talent because um, you, you don't find that many great corners out there. And to have a guy with experience and, and those kind of numbers and rankings that he has, uh, they don't, they don't, you don't find those just every day out there. I'm sure there'll be a lot of colleges uh, pursuing him and trying to get them to join their secondary for next season. Oh yeah. And they'll get a shutdown corner when they, whoever lands him. Um, two commitments this week uh, at wide receiver uh, in the prep class uh, signing days next week. Uh, I think it's next week. Uh, uh, after Virginia did not have anybody, there was a decommitment uh, a couple weeks ago that, that left the coming class, the 2023 class without a wide receiver. And they got a couple of guys with some interesting backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, either Virginia has uh, found some diamonds in the rough and, and done an excellent recruiting job, or they're just desperate and signing anybody they can get who seems like they might have some potential. But uh, only time will tell. But one of them, Jaden Gibson, uh, is a 6'1", uh, three-star wide receiver out of Tiger, Georgia, where I don't know where that is. I, I've uh, been all over Georgia, and I don't know where Tiger, Georgia is. But um, he uh, he set the Georgia high school uh, state record halfway through his senior year, Chris, uh, for touchdown catches, career touchdown catches, and career uh, touchdown, uh, excuse me, career receiving yards with uh, – uh, a really old record set by a guy named Stan Rome, who I think went on and played at Georgia. I remember that name. Uh, and that was back in 1973 when <laughs> that, he set that record. So uh, he had 4,537 career receiving yards. Uh, Gibson did, the, the Virginia kid. And uh, 49 career touchdowns, which was a record that was set last year. And he broke it. Um, had a, a some some really big numbers, but um, uh, he's ranked the number two hundred thirty eight wide receiver in the country, which is by two four seven, uh, and one hundred fifty six overall prospect in the state of Georgia. Which, um, you know, it's it's not uh, not really great numbers there. Uh, he he was. Um, the target of uh, a, a guy who's currently a, a quarterback in the University of Georgia roster, a guy named Gunnar Stockton, so uh, who was a good passer. So I'm sure he benefited from that. But um, uh, the thing that that a lot of people look at is who were the other schools that offered you and. Uh, he didn't have any other power five offers. It was uh, Army, Georgia Southern, Dartmouth, Fordham, Mill, Tennessee, Richmond, Gardner-Webb, and some others. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't be a great football player um, just because you didn't get any power five offers. But I think overall people look at it and, and you, you know, there's a question mark is uh, can he play at this level and be effective? And, and certainly you can because – uh, some of these guys that play uh, for those schools I just mentioned have <laughs> gone on and played in the NFL. So uh, it's just a, a kid, I guess, with potential and nice numbers, and you'll have to wait and see. 
the other receiver who came uh, the day afterward, uh, Titus Ivy, certainly has an NFL name, if, if nothing else. <laughs> uh he's a three-star guy also um he's uh not listed um in some areas on on some of the other recruiting services but he's a uh, number 262 receiver in the country the number 38 overall prospect in the state of north carolina he's from cox mill high school in concord which i think is right outside charlotte um six four 190 pounds uh Definitely got good size. He didn't have any other offers, Chris, from from anybody. So um, we don't know. His his high school coach raved about him because he's a two sport athlete. He's a good basketball player, um, who might have gotten some offers from uh, mid majors. Not sure uh, if he would get those or not. But um, he visited Virginia in November, and. Uh, was offered uh, October 27th, came here for a visit immediately the following week. Um, because he's such an athlete and has great uh, leaping ability, uh, I think they see him as a guy with potential at, at, as a big wide out who can go up and get the ball, go up and get those fade passes. And um, there was something else. Oh, yeah, I saw a video of him. Uh, and. What impressed me was, and maybe it impressed Virginia's recruiters as well, is uh, it was about a, I don't know, 20, 25-yard uh, touchdown pass to him, and he leaped up, not only leaped up over the defender, but made a, a really nice one-handed catch uh, of the ball, uh, Odell Beckham style. So, um Maybe these two guys are just diamonds in the rough and uh, will end up being superstars for all we know. But those are the two guys that they got commitments from. And they also uh, reached out and um, offered another receiver in the transfer portal yesterday. Um, Jaden Higgins, a 6'4", another uh, big receiver, 6'4", 210 receiver with two years of eligibility remaining from Eastern Kentucky. And he was he was the first Eastern Kentucky receiver since 2000 to have at least 750 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns in a season, which he did as a sophomore this past season. Uh, he has also been offered uh, by Mississippi State, Tulane, and Iowa State since entering the portal. So we'll see uh, where he winds up. I, I imagine he'll probably get some more offers. But uh, they're trying to shore up the wide receiver uh, room for sure with those uh, two commitments and that one offer, Chris. You can't teach 6'4 and wide receivers who are big. Uh, we've had success with them, uh, Keaton sure. Thompson being one. I got to correct myself. Signing day, the, the December signing day is December 21st, so it's not next week, but the following week, the Wednesday, it's December 21st. I'm looking at the 24-7 um, sports rankings. Um, for the ACC, Virginia's still 13th, which in part that's – Virginia's only got 15 commitments. Um, you know, you get around 25. I mean, you can have a – you know, I, I see – I think it's Duke has 26. So, you know, there's still – I mean, I'm sure there's lots of offers still out there. Uh, they got to get some more – get some more ink on papers, you know, coming up, uh, more faxes or whatever they end up getting on that day. 
Um, that's what surprises me. You know, this staff hit the ground running when Tony Elliott was was hired, and he felt flushed his staff out last January. And um, it's still 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 quite a few spots open in his upcoming class. Yeah, I think they've had overall had three decommits. Um, some of those were were not recent. They, they got back during the season, I think. But um, yeah, I mean that's that's a really low number. Um, fewest I can think of in a while uh, for a staff that's had that long to recruit. But um, there's also a spring signing period, right? Uh, yes. But we don't know, uh, or not spring, but I guess it's February. February, the normal, the normal, the old, the, what's always been in the past, the signing period, first Tuesday or Wednesday in February. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, they they've got work to do, but uh, I th- I think this staff uh, with with some of the people leaving and uh, and all that, uh, I, I think they're going to have to do some incredible work in the transfer portal themselves, Chris and try to rebuild this roster because uh, there's a lot of holes uh, and, you know, we don't know if there's any more guys that's going to transfer or not. Certainly that was, this was just the first week of it. Yeah. So, so I'm sure they're busy trying to re-recruit those guys and keep them here at, at UVA. But um, I think they're going to have to do great work, some awesome work in the portal to, to get this roster back up to par to be able to compete in the ACC this coming season. Yeah, I believe the transfer portal is a 45-day portal this year. It's It's been narrowed down from past years. Uh, it just started this week. So um, I would I would imagine if we're going to see more names, and I expect to see more names, um, you know, final exams for EVA are next week. Um, semester ends, I guess, next Friday or Saturday. I'm not sure. But as far as exams go, we may start hearing more as the next couple of weeks go on. But, yeah, I, I, we can expect to see some some work needing to be done there, no doubt. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Goodfeet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. 
Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. Um, let's shift to basketball. And, and so we make to make sure we get it in, let's talk for a minute or two about the women. 11-0 and 0 now after winning at William & Mary last night. Jerry, I got to get out to a game uh, over the weekend, the UNC Wilmington game on Sunday. And, uh, you know, I know the last couple of games that the women have played, they're not, you know, UNC Wilmington, women, Mary are not, you know, the powers that they'll play coming up in AZZ play, Virginia Tech and Louisville and NC State and those kind of teams. But I tell you what, that team is really hitting a stride. Uh, Coach Mox, uh, you know, she's using a a 10-player rotation. She's getting a lot of usage out of them. It's fun to watch them play, having seen them in person. Um, you know, she advertised herself when she came here last March as, as, as she's going to want to, you know, push tempo. She's going to play good defense. And man, I tell you what, they, they play tempo, uh, the 78 possession game. <laughs> I'm used to counting. I'm look, used to looking at those uh, stats because of Tony's teams playing among the slowest in, in, in men's basketball. The, the women play fast. They shoot well. Um, they've got a lot of players who can shuttle in and out and, um, they're still getting no respect from the from the writers uh, as far as the national polls go, but I know it's early. I know you know they'll play tougher games when the ACC comes up, but I think there's reason for UVA fans to be excited about these women. I would agree, and uh, hats off to Coach Mox and her staff. They've done an incredible job, and and we kind of expected that they would. Uh, I I didn't. I thought this would be a good team. I, I don't know how good they'll be, but I, I thought they'd be a really competitive team because. They just needed somebody that knew what they were doing and and cared. And and she obviously she does and knows basketball for sure. Uh and knows how to coach. And uh I think that's all this program needed. I I, I think they'll give some ACC teams fits, Chris, because last year with essentially the same talent, there were some games that I thought they should have won in the conference that they were very close to winning and, and, and they did win some games, but um, I, I, I just, I thought the, they underachieved in the conference last year and, and they've got more talent this year and a better coach. I think, I think they'll be competitive in the ACC. Yeah, I'm certainly, uh, you know, the uh, ACC is tough. Oh gosh, I'm looking at the top 25 right now, Virginia tech seven, North Carolina, eight NC and actually North Carolina and NC state tied for eight in the, uh, uh, AP top 25 um, and scanning down the rest. Uh, looks like that. That's it. But three teams in the top 10, Louisville is just on the outside looking in three teams in the top 10. Virginia is getting votes now in the top 25, but yeah, that's, you know, it'll, it'll be great to see. I, you know, I thought they'd be better. I, I wasn't sure uh, 11 and 0 to start. I mean, even with, a, yeah. you know, they played some, they played some games, uh, you know, the big, they played a couple of big 10 teams and, and, and have had I mean, obviously gotten wins in those, but, you know, in, in past years, some very winnable games ended up being losses under the previous coaching staff. So, boy, it's exciting to see the women and, uh, back. The only uh, the only school in the country with undefeated men's and women's teams. That, that's <laughs> a lot to uh, talk about. And uh, Doug Fresh Smith asked me this week. Uh, I didn't. I haven't had the time to look it up, but he wondered if it was the best combined start in UVA history. And I think it is from, uh, I think I saw somebody on Twitter researched it. And I think a couple of teams back in the uh, eighties and nineties might've rivaled that, but I think this might be the best combined start by the two programs in uh, school history. 
I wouldn't be surprised. You know, the women at 11 and 0, it's the first time that the women's program has been 11 and 0 since 1991. That was in the middle of that stretch of three final fours in a row, the Don Staley and, and the Birch twins years, uh, Tammy Reese years. Um, and so, uh, boy, it's fun to see. And the men, let's talk some men now. The men are 8-0. A couple of tight wins this week. Um, and I think there's reasons why. One reason why, anyway, a less than healthy Reese Beekman. But the, the five-point win over Florida State this past Saturday, five-point win on Tuesday night against JMU. Now, Florida State only had one win coming in, but they're playing better. They played Purdue well last week, another top-five team last week. JMU, I don't know if, you know, when I did the research on JMU, you know, Ken Palm has JMU projected to win the Sun Belt, which the Sun Belt's the 14th-ranked conference of the 33 Division I conferences. So that's nothing to sneeze at, uh, projected to win that conference. And their Ken Palm rating would suggest that if they win their conference tournament, they'd probably be a 12 seed. A 12, in 12 seeds, there's always one or two 12 seeds every year in the NCAA tournament that win a game. So, Virginia, I think putting that in perspective, Virginia winning against the team that would project as a 12 seed in the NCAA tournament without their star player, Reese Beekman, he played four minutes. Uh, I think that's more impressive win than fans might have left the arena thinking Tuesday night. Uh, I totally agree. And I, I was impressed by, by um, Mark Byington's team and, and the way the game plan he prepared for Virginia. I thought they were uh, well coached and, and, and they executed their game plan to – I won't say perfection, but they they did a good job with it. And uh, they Virginia was sweating bullets for a long time there. And I just was impressed with their personnel. They they had some nice pieces. And the uh, the one kid in particular, uh, number fifteen, Takai Molson, twenty points, uh, six of fifteen shooting. He, he was drove the lane. He drew fouls. He could hit the outside shot. He had uh, two of five three-pointers. I thought he, he can play. And uh, so, yeah, I, th I thought that was a better win than maybe some people outside the uh, the state of Virginia might perceive. But uh, I think JMU is going to be a really decent team over the course of the season. Uh, I, I, I would think that – I would think that's going to help them in the net rankings uh, – as we go along, you know, uh, Mark Byington said after the game too, that um, one thing that helped his team have confidence going into this game, of course, tough environment. Everybody talks about every opposing coach talks about how tough an environment it is to play in JPJ. But he, he said that what made them more confident going into the game was that they had won the game last year in Harrisonburg. And so even though Virginia, you know, last year going into that game, uh, the two teams were down. You know, Virginia had struggled uh, early in the season. Certainly last year, JMU did as well. JMU had a struggling season all along. Um, it was their last year in the CAA. They knew they weren't going to be able to play in a CAA tournament. So, you know, it was it was a, a throwaway year for them in a, a lot of respects. But um, – and, and these two rosters are very similar to what they were last year. They've added a couple pieces each, and that's why they're a lot better, both rosters. But because JMU had won that game, they played with with confidence in that game. And, boy, you could see it. I mean, those kids got down 11 in the first half, um, came back, tied the game uh, late. It was, it, was a, it was a tight game for Virginia. They, you know, Virginia kept missing free throws late because I think especially K.A. Clark was just exhausted from having to point guard by himself the whole game. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, JMU gave, gave fits. And, but I'll say on the other side, give Virginia credit. Um, you know, as soon as Reese Beekman got up from that, when he, when he made that fast break layup, uh, came up grabbing his, his uh, hamstring, 
everybody had to know, you know, you can, you can tape up a sprained ankle, but you can't do anything with a hamstring. He's gone. He's out of the game. And everything you game planned is out the door and you got to play 36 minutes without your star player. And really the guy you built your entire offense around um, credit to those UVA guys. They weren't knocking down shots, but they played defense. JMU shot 27.3% in the game. Defense won this one for Virginia. No question. And uh, I think that was a big point of emphasis by Tony as well. And um, yeah, you, you could tell that uh, JMU had confidence and, and even as, as uh, rowdy as Virginia's crowd was, uh, it didn't shake them too much. They kept their poise and you got to give them a lot of credit for that. Cause that, that's as tough an environment as you, they're probably going to see anywhere this season. And, uh, you know, you got to give credit to the rest of the Virginia guys that stepped up their game a little bit and in the absence of uh, Bigman. And uh, shout out to Dr. D-Duck. He, he's the one that, that told Tony, hey, he's done for the night. <laughs> he's he's got to sit down. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, Ryan Dunn, I thought, uh, continued to show how – good he's going to be i wrote a column a lot about him and and uh even though mcneely didn't hit a lot of shots uh he took good shots and they just didn't go in but uh he's going to be a force throughout the season and uh, byington even said that even though he didn't make the shots he says i was holding my breath every time he released one because they all looked like they were going in uh so his shots will start falling i'm sure but uh you know Credit everybody else for just stepping up their game and uh, and pulling that one out and and what you know there's a lot of schools around the country that would have probably lost that game. Uh, we've seen a rash of upsets in the early season, uh, Chris and uh, you know hats off to these guys for being able to hold off a threat like that. Uh, I mean, Kihei played his butt off again with 18 points and seven assists. Uh, and uh, 38 minutes and 56 seconds. Even Tony said, Wow, I, I played him even longer than I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, Gardner stepped up 14 points, eight rebounds. Um, Shedrick was off his game a little bit, but I, I think the wear and tear on him is, is maybe have gotten to him a little bit. He seems like he gets hit in the head or in the face every game now. He was out. And he gets for, called for the foul when he gets hit in the head. Too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was one of my favorite videos on Twitter that I've seen. And I, I, I was the game at Michigan when there was a slow, mo a slow motion uh, replay of him sitting on the bench with blood coming out of his mouth and the trainer trying to attend to him, I guess, Ethan Saliba. And uh, you can read his lips saying they called the foul on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. It is. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, Franklin was uh, played well and uh, a couple of the other guys and our uh, uh, Vanderplas was a little bit off his game, but uh uh, it just goes to show that, you know, even though a couple of guys weren't playing at their best and they were able to pull out a, a very important win, I think. You know, the, the, the line I'm remembering from Tony's press conference postgame was um, he looked at the stat sheet. He said, I gave him a minute and four seconds. I thought I gave him 28 seconds. He has no excuse. He was well rested. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And uh, you you talked about uh, other teams losing games, the rash of upsets. I mean, you know, and and how you know, early injuries can affect games. North Carolina is telling everyone that the reason they lost their last two games um, to Indiana and to Virginia Tech is because, well, in the Indiana game, Armando Baycott got hurt and he was you know playing with an injured shoulder, and then he missed the Virginia Tech game with the injured shoulder. Um, yeah, they were the preseason number one. They lost two games. They're they're telling you because. They were missing their best player. Virginia played – I mean, Virginia had to beat uh, Michigan with Reese. But even before the hamstring, he had the injury in the Michigan game, second half of the Michigan game, uh, the ankle injury. He was clearly hobbling through the Florida State game. He was nowhere near uh, yeah. his self in that game. He was one for seven from the floor. Uh, he was taking pull-up threes because he couldn't drive to the basket. Um And so they won that one with an injured Reese, and then they had to win the, the JMU game without Reese. Um, basically two and a half games there uh, that they had to win on the road at Michigan, beat Florida State, beat JMU with, you know, less than the full package. So, um, that yeah, that, the, and those are the kind of games. Virginia fans know this. Um, you are not at 100% in March. Uh, you, you, if you want to win six straight, you've got to win games where you're down, where a guy's in foul trouble, maybe a guy turns an ankle. Um, you know, and Virginia did that in 2019. None of those games were perfect, but they won all those games. Um, this is the kind, these are the kind of games, and especially I think the JMU game, the kind of game that you've just got to find a way to win. And when you can do that, that gives you confidence in March. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you couldn't say it any better. And, uh, and, and I think Tony is, uh, I think Tony is, is, is and his coaching staff are, are good inspirations of that uh, because they know how to challenge these guys and 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 get them ready to play and and uh, you know making adjustments at halftime and uh, get any guys' faces and tell them they've got to play tougher. Uh, they need to buckle down in this area or that area. Not not to mention the X's and O's. Uh, adjustments they make. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Virginia is built this way, and it, it's, you know, it's it's so easy to lose a game like this. It, it's it's hard to win good college basketball games. So, the fact that they were survived the Florida State, who's obviously better than their record, and uh, a state rival who really wants to knock your block off. Uh, without your best player, uh, that speaks volumes about the rest of these guys and how they can elevate their game and, and answer the call. You talked about Ryan Dunn. You were a calm about him. I'm getting ready to do the same. So uh, we should share some 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 thoughts here. My, Ryan Dunn, that drive the basket uh, inside of a minute to go, uh, 52-50 game. Um, that was that was huge. Obviously, I mean, he he got the ball in the corner. Um, could have shot the three. He's 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 got a a good perimeter shot, but he he puts the ball on the floor, takes it to the basket, takes it hard to the basket, and and converts that. And what a what a thing from a freshman, especially a freshman who didn't even get off the bench in Virginia's first game back about a month ago. Um, he has been a find for uh, Virginia fans certainly. Um, a guy that you know that part of that heralded recruiting class. Um, his, he's six, eight, I think when Virginia was recruiting him, he was six, four or six, five. So he's grown a bit. Um, he's still got those guard skills that he had when he was being recruited, but now he's bigger. He's got a seven foot wingspan kind of reminds you a little bit in that respect of Deandre Hunter. 
Um, and also his his that take to the basket reminded me a little bit of Ty Jerome when Ty was a freshman and taking big shots in games and he became big shot Ty. Um, uh, you know, who were some comparisons for you and your 40 plus years of watching Virginia basketball? I mean, DeAndre ends up being the number four pick in the draft. He redshirted as a true freshman. And this kid's already playing and contributing. But Dunn, what a what a what a what a find for Tony Bennett. Yeah, I mean, you just don't see many freshmen, particularly nowadays, that uh, that have that awareness and and that kind of courage. I mean, uh, you know, some of the ones that you know, the one and dones, uh, no pun intended, but uh, you know, the, they they might be able to do that. But your regular freshmen, <clears throat> they're they're not at the point confidence wise. I don't think to take over the moment you know i mean that the game was on the line right there <laughs> and you could tell coming out of that timeout, chris i was watching him and he he was sitting out there uh, at the in the in the right corner all by himself and you could just see it in his eyes that hey i want the ball i'm going to get the ball i want the ball and and i'm going to do i'm going to finish it uh, you could just tell that he he wanted that ball, and uh, I don't know if the if it was the plan, uh, the play drawn up to go to him in the corner, or if Kihei just saw him out there unguarded. But uh, Kihei zipped it to him, and he attacked. He didn't hesitate for a, a blink of an eye. He attacked the basket, and uh, went in and double clutch and sh- shot over a guy and and uh, off the glass and in and. Uh, you know, all these years, uh, there's been some great freshmen here, but, uh, you know, I, I don't – it's hard to single out guys that have uh, been the, that aware and that poised and that aggressive and that courageous in that in that setting. With the game on the line, I'm going to take it into my hands. They usually turn it over to a guy with – like Kihei or a gardener or somebody who's been around and uh, that the team relies on in moments like that, but for a freshman to say, I'm not afraid, I'm going to, I'm going to do it right here. I'm going to finish it myself. I I can't recall a a lot of guys that have done that in, in that kind of setting, Chris. But yeah, you know, guys like uh, Jerome and and Kyle Guy and and, then DeAndre, of course, like you said, he is true freshman year. He he set out, but uh, there are guys that, that could do that, but, uh, wow, I mean, I, I was just blown away by, by his uh, aggressiveness and poise there. And we heard uh, earlier in the season, um, King Rice raved about him for about a minute or two in the postgame about how he reminded him of DeAndre Hunter at the same stage of his career. And uh, he said, you've got a – Tony's got a special one here. And uh, – Byington said the same thing. This he said this kid's going to be special, and I, I think he is. I think he's going to be special. Uh, one last thing: a, 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 re, a reader and fan uh, texted me to ask about Francisco Cafaro um, uh, and why he's not playing. My my answer was: uh, I just think he's out of the rotation because other guys have kind of jumped ahead of him. Ryan Dunn, maybe in particular, and it looks like Tony's going with Ben Vanderplas, moving him to center when he takes Caden Shedrick out. Um, am, am I right there, or is there something else going on with Francisco that we haven't we haven't heard otherwise? 
that's my guess as well, Chris, is that uh, Tony is uh, the last few games, he's uh, hasn't hesitated to go to it with a smaller lineup and, and put Vander, Vanderplas at that center spot, which is amazing considering that Vanderplas isn't really that big a guy. Yeah. Um, and, and leaving Shedrick off the ball or, or out of the game. And, and it, it's, it can be uh, a Vanderplas and Gardner in there. Uh, so uh, that's my guess as to what's going on. I, I don't know of any other issues with Cafaro. Uh, I know he did miss that one game because he was with the Argentine uh, national team in a qualifying game. I think it was the game was played in I don't know where it was played, maybe in DC. I think it was in DC. And you know, that was the second game of the season. That's the game that Dunn got his first minutes in. Yeah. That might end up being a Wally Pip moment for uh Cafaro. <laughs> Could be. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know of any other issues going on with him. Uh, certainly we haven't caught wind of that. He looks healthy in warm-ups. That's you know, that's all we can say. We don't know what whatever that translates to. He he does he's out there for warm-ups, he's going through warm-ups like everybody else. So it's, it's, he's, he's, he's out there. He's just, he's just not playing. So, um, well, Jerry, uh, as we're wrapping up the show, uh, I know we always like to thank the sponsors, uh, that make all this possible. Yeah. And we're hoping that Houston stays undefeated. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And that they don't lose to Alabama, uh, this weekend. I think they play Saturday maybe. Um, so we can have a, uh, Houston, Virginia, one-two matchup on December seventeenth at JPJ. You talk about a crowd that'll be uh, unbelievable. <laughs> that could be one of the great crowds in, in JPJ history if if that comes about. And it'll it'll take us back to those uh, days of uh, Ralph versus Fieslam Majama. So that that could be some uh, special stuff. But yeah, uh, I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, we mentioned the Good Feet Store uh, a moment ago. Uh, Jonathan Cotton was over at the uh, UVA career day yesterday, uh, uh, serving as a mentor and giving advice to players about their future business careers and showing them what Good Feet Store is all about. Uh, a very uh, rapidly growing company. Um, we thank them for their support. They have, they're in, uh, I think they're smallest stores here in Charlottesville. So, you know, please go by and, and visit them. If you're having any discomfort walking or running, um, they can give you arch work, give you arches that will specifically design for your uh, foot. And and uh, believe me, I've I've been there and I got all the arches and I, it's uh, it's helped me a lot. And uh, you, if you have any discomfort, please go see them. You owe it to yourself. Aberdeen Barn, best steakhouse in Virginia. Uh, you never know who you're going to run into there. All the wahoos go there. Uh, Wahoos from the past. Uh, some of the great athletes in Virginia history hang out there when they're in town. Uh, you can't get a better meal and better atmosphere and better service than you can at the Aberdeen Barn. So please go by and say hi to Angela and uh, tell them Hootie sent you. Also, uh, UVA Orthopedics. UVA Orthopedics, we hope you don't have to go see them, but if you're having any kind of a joint or knee or Shoulder, elbow, foot, ankle problem, hand problem, uh, go see them because you can't get better treatment anywhere in the United States as far as I'm concerned. And 
some of the best athletes in the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball come to visit these guys. So if they if they trust them, you certainly should because they know how to fix you and they'll fix you right. Uh, also, Ragged Mountain Running Shop, Mark and Cynthia Lorenzoni, been here since the early 80s and they got all your running and walking needs down there, all the shoes and equipment that you can think of. And um, if you need any running advice, Two really good running coaches there with Mark and Cynthia. So uh, go down to the corner and, and pay them a visit as well, right there on Ellywood Avenue. All right. Well, thanks to Jerry Ratcliffe, as always, for his time and insight. I always learn something when I'm chatting with Jerry. Thanks to the fans out there for uh, for checking in with us. Um, go to jerryratcliffe.com. Go to augustafreepress.com for the latest uh, UVA sports news. And we try to keep up with everything as best we can. For Jerry Ratcliffe, I'm Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great day.